Hello, this is Get Answers, a mini-series of six short episodes from the team here at Witch. I'm Grace Farrell. I host Witch Investigates, and I'm here to get you answers to your consumer questions. I'm taking the baton today from Lucia Ariano, who's already tackled the mortgage market and scams. Do listen back to those episodes, by the way, if you haven't already. And today, we are heading to the supermarket. When life gives you questions, Witch get answers. So let's kick off by bringing in producer Rob, who's going to explain what we're covering today. Yeah, well, it's a topic at the forefront of our minds daily, if not weekly. I'm talking, of course, about the price of food. Yeah, I did wonder how long it was going to take before food prices came up in this, because it's something that impacts everyone's finances. You just can't escape from it, can you? Absolutely. This impacts everyone. And it was definitely the case up in Manchester when I was speaking to people there last week. Now, here's Claire, and she told me her experience of shopping for her family. Food shop every single week. Obviously, the things that you buy week on week. You're going in Aldi, you're going in Tesco and Asda. It's it's just going up. And I mean weekly. For example, I buy the six-pack of Evian every single week. I only drink Evian. And the six-pack of 1.5 litre, is it? It's the £5.50 now. I remember when it was £3.75. And that is, in a week, it's gone from £5 to £5.50. And it's it's everything. Would you say you've changed your shopping habits over the last year or so? I have. I've definitely cut back, sadly. Things that I used to buy as a treat, for example, diet Red Bull and things like that, no chance. I'm not bothering now. So expensive. Well, thanks, Rob, and to Claire for giving us those examples of how food inflation is affecting her personally with the drink she buys. And here with us now to get us answers to our burning questions about the cost-saving measures that we can take at the supermarket is the award-winning researcher and writer Ellie Simmons. How are you doing? Great, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You've been covering the seismic shift in grocery prices for some time now. And Claire, who we just heard from, has had to change the way she shops. Would you say that a lot of people are having to do this now, Ellie? Yeah, Claire's definitely not the only one that's changing the way she shops. I think we all are, really, to some extent. Um, Our latest research shows that more than 8 in 10 people in the UK are making some kind of change to save money on food. And I think that's not surprising with food inflation the way it is. We've heard from shoppers who are looking out for promotions on food or trading down to cheaper alternatives. So perhaps swapping branded items for own label or perhaps within own label, swapping down from premium or standard ranges to the very cheapest budget ranges. To some extent, those people are the lucky ones that are able to do that. But there are some people that have been shopping for the cheapest items already and for them, the options are more limited. What's really alarming, we've heard, is that amongst those who are struggling the most financially, half of people said their household was skipping meals simply because they can't afford the price of food at the moment. It's awful, really. I mean, are food prices actually going to go down again, do you think, Ellie? Or is it just a case that the rate of price increase is going to slow? I think it's very unlikely that food prices will go down. I think the best we can hope for is that inflation won't continue to be as high as it is. So the rate of price increases won't be as high. We would hope to see that go down. And there have been glimmers of hope already in some of the figures that have come out recently. Our own food inflation tracker in particular showing that 
that it might be that food price inflation has peaked. But even if food price inflation starts going down, that still means prices are rising on food year on year. It just means they're not rising quite as fast. And if we go back to the beginning of all of this, what actually caused the price of food to rise in the first place? And are there certain groceries that are more badly affected than others? So the causes are complex and to some extent it depends who you speak to, but it's generally accepted that the war in Ukraine has caused a lot of the price rises that we're seeing, along with increased red tape around borders and the labour market being tightened in the UK. And so therefore wage price rises can also fuel inflation in food. And when we look at groceries on the whole, are there certain ones that we're seeing bigger price rises than others? There absolutely are. So dairy items, things like milk, cheese, butters and spreads, their food inflation in our tracker has been something in the region of 25%. So it's a huge amount of money that those items are going up in price. Some items are going up less in price fresh fruit, fresh vegetables to some extent, chocolate, things like that aren't rising quite as quickly, although the price of those is still going up. Interestingly, we have in recent months seen those dairy items, the inflation has decreased slightly. So while they're still going up a lot year on year, the rate of inflation is slowing. So it might be that we've seen the peak in the dairy items, but there may be other items that are still continuing to rise faster in price. Now, if you follow our social channels, you'll no doubt be aware that we regularly crunch the numbers across our supermarkets to work out the cheapest one. So, Ellie, who's actually cheapest at the moment? And can you explain how you actually figure it out? Like, what are you comparing to get the results? Every month we compare a basket of really popular common items that people usually buy in the supermarkets. And that's about 200 items we look at every month across eight supermarkets, so all the main supermarkets in the UK. And we compare the same items in the supermarkets to find out what the price differences are. And that's the same items. If they're branded items, they're obviously exactly the same. If they're own label items, then they are as comparable as we can get them. So, you know, a similar weight and a similar range. Aldi actually just this month has been named the cheapest supermarket now for 12 months in a row. And you can save a lot of money. And that's a really good point. I mean, it's probably the most important consumer question here, really, is how can we save money at the supermarket? Obviously, shopping at the um, sort of cheaper discount stores. But there are other things that you can do to ensure that you're not paying more than you have to for your weekly shop. There are lots of little tips and tricks. And I'm really conscious that these aren't always applicable to everybody. And and for some people, it can be really hard to save money if you're already doing all these things. But for those that aren't, obviously switching supermarkets, as we've said, is probably the absolute number one thing you can do. You can also switch what you're buying. So we regularly do taste tests and we test kind of big brands or premium products in blind taste tests against cheaper alternatives and 
very often those cheaper alternatives actually come out best for taste. So if you look on our website, you'll see a big long list of all the things that have come out top in our taste tests. So switching from a branded item, which are generally more expensive to an own label item. And again, within own label, if you switch from premium down to standard or standard down to a budget range, that can save you a lot of money. And when you look at that across a weekly shop, across a period of time, that really does add up. And as I said, you don't necessarily need to compromise quality or taste to do that. Other tips involve thinking about the time of day you shop. Often in the evenings, supermarkets bring out their yellow sticker discounts. That's things that might go off relatively soon. And there's often quite steep reductions on those. A good tip for those is if you want to get that saving, but you don't necessarily want to eat the item straight away, many things are freezable. So you can put them in your freezer. Shopping online is a good one because you can see the total of your basket as you go along. So if you're shopping to a budget, you can see quite quickly what you're spending. If you do want to shop in store, the same would apply to the scan as you go method. So that's when you scan as you pick your items and put them in your basket. Using a supermarket loyalty card can save you lots of money. There are kind of downsides that some people might see to them. You need to hand over your data and and have that card or that scheme active but you can get big discounts. Now, I should say that all of these tips and more are available for free on the Witch website, so it's well worth checking that out. When life gives you questions, Witch, get answers. Now, to see off today's episode, we've posted on the Witch Facebook page asking people to get in touch with their questions around food prices. So, Ellie, I'm going to put a few of these questions to you now. The first is a comment from Anita, She mentioned products that are shrinking in size, but where the price remains the same. So my question then is, is this shrinkflation? And how can we keep our eyes open to these sorts of tactics from retailers? Yeah, so Anita's spot on there. Shrinkflation is one of the cheekiest ways that supermarkets impose inflation on us. So instead of putting up the price on the shelf for a particular item, they sometimes keep the price the same or put it up a tiny amount and then actually reduce the size of the item. So gram for gram or milliliter for milliliter, you're getting a lot less for your money. And it's not always completely obvious to the shopper because when you're going around in a hurry and you've got a long list, you just see the price on the shelf and it looks the same, but actually you're getting a lot less for your money. And and in terms of a percentage inflation per unit, it's a lot more. So it's a really, really cheeky tactic and we're seeing it a lot at the moment. And that actually leads us nicely into our second question. This is from Carol. And she asks, why are some products priced so that it's impossible to compare prices easily? For example, onions being X pounds per kilogram bag or 17p each. This is something we feel really strongly at which about and we've done a lot of work on and continue to do lots of campaigning work on. So this is called unit pricing, where one of the best things that shoppers can do to really compare prices accurately is to not look at the shelf price, but to look at the price of the item per 100 grams or per 100 millilitres or per kilogram, as you said in the example here for onions. And that's a really good weapon in a kind of shopper's arsenal to try to save money. And it's really cheeky when supermarkets don't price things fairly or comparably because it reduces the power of the shopper 
to save money and to know exactly what they're spending on what item. Um, so it's something that we're campaigning on here at which very strongly and we want to see supermarkets introduce much fairer pricing for items so you're not confused as to which is the cheapest. We also really strongly want to see unit pricing on all promotions and in particular loyalty scheme promotions. We know, for example, that at Tesco, they don't include unit pricing on their club card offers. And that is the vast majority of their promotions at the moment. So that means that it's really tricky for shoppers to be able to compare prices between a club card offer and a non-club card offer, which isn't fair on the shopper. And we want to see Tesco introduce those unit prices. And I suppose this also sort of goes back to Anita's point about shrinkflation. I guess if you buy something regularly, don't kind of just assume that it's always the same amount. Keep checking those unit prices because it may well shrink. Now, the final question from Paul This is interesting. So he asks, how do supermarkets decide how much they charge for a product, especially as they vary across supermarkets and might even have originated in the same factory? Supermarket pricing is surprisingly complicated. And the more you look into it, the more complicated it is. But it might surprise you to know that supermarket pricing varies according to where you live in the UK. It changes store to store, it changes day to day, in some cases hour to hour. So prices really fluctuate and they can really vary. It's really dynamic supermarket pricing and it's really complex what feeds into it. You know, sometimes it's to do with what other retailers charge. So you might find some supermarkets adjusting their prices according to what particular rivals are charging for an item. Sometimes it's according to the time of year. Sometimes it's according to availability. There's lots of other things that go into it as well. You know, the promotions that supermarkets do, we know that they're cyclical. So they go in cycles, usually four weeks of promotion, several weeks off promotion, then usually the same item or something similar will be back on promotion. Sometimes those promotions appear to be really good deals, other times less so. Generally, those promotions aren't perhaps as good as they first appear. But a good tactic for shoppers, obviously, is if you can make the most of a promotion. But it is also good to know that you shouldn't be hoodwinked into buying things you wouldn't otherwise buy just because there's what appears to be an amazing promotion. I mean, that's very wise advice. And Ellie, honestly, this has been just so informative. Really appreciate you coming on to chat to us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, a huge thanks again to Ellie and to you for listening to the third episode of our mini-series dedicated to getting you answers. You'll notice we're trying a new approach with this series, so we'd be really interested to hear any feedback you have on it. Please do get in touch. You can contact us on social with the hashtag GetAnswers. We'll have another episode out on Monday looking at the crippling cost of childcare. So make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss that one. And for more free advice on all the topics we're covering, check out our website, which.co.uk. This episode of Get Answers was produced by Rob Lilly, edited by Eric Breer and hosted by me, Grace Farrell. See you next time.